a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Halloween. The Celtic origin of the day is centered around the belief that on the night before the new year, October 31st, the boundary between the living and the dead becomes blurred. It's thought that on Halloween night, ghosts and the dead will return to Earth. Maybe just a bunch of hocus pocus. Well, our first story proves that maybe it isn't just folklore. This is the Halloween ghost sighting in Strelly Hall. In 2014, a group of paranormal investigators took to one of the most notoriously haunted spots in Nottingham, Britain. Strelly Hall is a haunted home that has a dark history. It dates back to the 1200s. Countless people who have toured and visited the hall reported hearing strange things, voices, seeing apparitions, and that feeling that they weren't alone there. But it's what's underneath the home that will send a chill up your spine. A tunnel of cellars that were used years and years ago as a prison. The group set up their cameras for the evening, hoping to catch something on camera, and they did. On the footage, a ghostly apparition is seen hovering in a cellar doorway for some time before it disappears out of sight. The investigators have studied the footage and no one has an explanation for what it could be other than a spirit, and it's unknown who the ghost is, but it is believed to be a spirit of one of the prisoners kept in those cellars so many years ago it seems he never left. Locked down in a cellar on Halloween night with whoever that spirit is? Majorly spooky. Our next two stories involve the age-old tradition of dressing up and trick-or-treating. The first story is a real case that transpired in Los Angeles on Halloween night. It involves someone posing as a trick-or-treater, but this person had much more sinister motivations than just to collect candy. This is trick-or-treat. It's 1957 in Los Angeles, and it's Halloween night. And 35-year-old Peter Fabiano and his wife Betty had been handing out candy all evening long. The couple had a nice time seeing all the kids dressed in their costumes. The evening came and went, and the two thought the Halloween festivities were over, and they went to bed. Then, just after 11 p.m., the doorbell rang. Peter was annoyed, but walked downstairs, grabbing his bucket of candy, thinking it was just a tardy trick-or-treater. It's a little late for this, isn't it? He said as he opened up his front door. No, the ominous voice said. The person on his front doorstep wasn't a child. This person was an adult. Although they were dressed up in a domino mask, blue jeans, a brown jacket, and red gloves, and they were holding a paper bag. Then this unidentified person raised that bag, braced something inside with both hands, and shot Peter, striking him in the chest. The shooter then ran back to the car with their getaway driver and drove off. Peter was taken to the hospital and Betty told police that she heard two voices that night. 
one man, and one like a man impersonating a woman. Police initially thought that the shooting was reminiscent of gang activity, but something about this whole thing didn't add up. Betty told police that there was only one person who would want to hurt her husband, and that was a woman named Joan Rabel, a friend of the family. And this was really the only lead that police had, until two weeks later, a gun was found in a department store locker and was reported to police. They found that the gun was registered to Goldine Pizer, a lab assistant at the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, but none of this made any sense, until it did. Police found out that Peter, a very successful hairdresser, had hired Joan as a photographer at the salon, and over time, his wife, Betty, and Joan grew to be very close. So close that after a fight with Peter, Betty went to live with Joan for a while. The LA Times called the two's relationship abnormal, which translates to, they were lovers. But Betty and Peter eventually got back together, on one condition. Betty was to never speak to Joan ever again. Joan was heartbroken, and enlisted the help of Goldine Pizer. Pizer was a friend of Joan's, and Joan told her that Peter was abusive and evil. And over the next couple months, Joan convinced Goldine to take out Peter for her. Joan gave her money to buy that gun, and the two set out that Halloween night for Peter and Betty's house. They were on a mission to kill Peter so Joan could be with Betty. It was a case that shocked everyone. The two were later convicted and went to prison for the murder, and during the trial, Joan was frequently seen smiling throughout. Betty always maintained that she had no knowledge of Joan's plan. Some believe her, but some aren't so sure. Betty went on to live a long, happy life and got remarried. Our final story is a haunting one because this case is still unsolved. And the reason it is, is because of one thing. On Halloween, it's tradition to dress up. Maybe as a witch, a ghost, a superhero. There's something about the ability to hide behind a mask that leaves people feeling emboldened to do things that they usually wouldn't. This is the mystery of the man in the pillowcase mask. It's Halloween 1982, and 69-year-old Marvin Brandlin and his wife Ethel were handing out candy to young trick-or-treaters at their home in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Their granddaughter, Teresa Trueblood, had been visiting her grandparents that evening and had just left the house when there came a knock at the door. Oh, another trick-or-treater, they thought. They opened up their door to an obviously grown man with a pillowcase mask over his head with holes cut out for the eyes. Trick-or-treat. Give me your money or I'll shoot, he said. Ethel thought it was a prank and attempted to remove the hood, but the man held it down with one hand while he pushed his way into the house. He then pulled out a gun and ordered the couple to the basement where there was a safe. This was very telling and the Brandlins were immediately suspicious because very few people knew they even had a safe, let alone the exact location of where it was in the home. So this had to be someone that they knew. Marvin was a man who was not easily intimidated. He was a veteran of World War II and still convinced that this was just some big prank. It was Halloween after all. As they were passing through the kitchen towards the basement, Marvin made a grab for the gun. The masked intruder then shot him through the throat before fleeing the house. Strangely as he did, the shooter tore off his pillowcase mask and threw it down before disappearing into the night. Ethel called 911 and by the time they arrived, Marvin was gone. She told police that the shooter had blondish hair, blue eyes, 5'8", and appeared to be young, between 16 to 20 years old. Sadly, and very traumatized from the entire ordeal losing her husband, Ethel died nine months later. This case remains unsolved to this day, but what makes it even worse is that the family is certain that they know who the shooter is, an acquaintance of the family. 
They said he bragged about it to them after the killing. DNA testing was performed on the pillowcase he left behind, but unfortunately there wasn't enough usable material for an adequate analysis, and there wasn't enough evidence to tie the suspect to the case. To this day, the Halloween murder of Marvin Brandlin remains unsolved. It's one thing for there to be no suspect or no clue of who committed a crime. That's a nightmare in itself. But to know that that person did this and is still walking around bragging about it is heartbreaking and I cannot imagine the frustration that that family feels. Maybe there is something about Halloween that brings out a darker side to people. And maybe that veil between the living and the dead is lowered. True stories like these do make you wonder, don't they? Happy Halloween, everyone. Have a fun and safe holiday, and I'll see you next episode.